for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Tuesday, May 15th, 2012, episode 35 of Attack of the Androids. Find us every week over on attackoftheandroids.com. My name's Matt Lee. Of course, joining me tonight, got a full, full house. And I'm not talking about poker. We got Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, sir? Hey, man. We got Jeremy, Jeremy Lesniak. Holla. We got Joey Kelly. Hello, I am the five-card stud. We have Seth Herringer and his hair injure. Hey, Matt. This is it. Every week, AttackOfTheAndroids.com. Watch us live starting last week over on AttackOfTheAndroids.com slash live AOTATV. Uh, join us for the Android news, reviews, tips, all that good stuff. Everything the avid Android user could ever possibly hope to want uh let's start things out like we usually do and uh this time we got a chat room of course if you guys are on that page uh leave comments in the chat we'll read them on the show you know how that works uh phone of the moment seth what's it gotta be this week well i think there's probably two options um but i'm gonna start i'm gonna stick with this it's gonna be there's really no phone happening right now but the most interesting thing happening to a phone is that the htc one x variants are being held up at the border over patent issues. Which border would that be? The U.S. border. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And so, so, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that's, I, you know, you know, I like the One X. Everyone knows that. Um, I probably will, would pick that over the Galaxy S3 if I could, because the screen is gorgeous. Um, but they're they're being held up over at the border. So, so who's who's uh, who's pressuring? Is this uh, the it's government? It's, it's, is it's it an a- Apple patent? Okay. Over some, I forget what it is, some software. So Apple going after HTC. We have Apple and Samsung going at each other. We have Oracle and Google going at each other. I'll tell you what, it's never been a better time to go take that bar exam and just start making money, right? I mean. Yeah. Um, They're saying that HTC says that they fixed the problem already that was in there. Oh, did they? But. Yeah, but so the U.S. government apparently is just holding you over the border to make sure that they're not infringing, that they actually did fix the infringement. How awesome so, would it be if the problem was the overlay, was the Sense UI, was the TouchWiz, <laughs> was the Moto Blur? And they're like, you know what? We fixed it, guys. Everything's all good. We took our skins off, unfortunately. And everybody's just like, yay, finally, <laughs> yes. We all should have sued you years ago, yay. <laughs> Uh, that'd be that's, great that's just ridiculous i mean can we can we stop suing and just start making better devices because i mean honestly nothing's impressive anymore i mean you're rehashing the same stuff and i get carriers want to stand out how about stand out by giving us the service that you advertise that would stand out i mean right or this or the you know there's been a couple of recent articles written um in the past i think in the past day or two where 
uh, I think Droid Life and Android Me both did the same exact article, basically, where they're saying the Galaxy Nexus on Verizon has not been updated yet. And Matt, you were talking about this last week, and how they both feel like they're like uh, beta testers. Well, that, that was more. Over by, they're being screwed over by by uh, uh, Verizon. My beta releasing... test comment was more targeted at the Prime, just because of uh, the issues that it did have. Um, I just rebooted my Prime for the first time in over 500 hours, so uh, they have gotten that figured out. And well, I'm talking, I'm talking the Nexus, the right, Gal- right. But what know. I was talking about, what what you're saying in, in regards to the comment uh-huh. was the Prime that I didn't feel it was right that we were beta testing a product oh. for ASUS that we paid so much for. My problem with the Galaxy Nexus is that we're still on 4.02. And I don't right. know if everyone else is having this problem, but like I said before, every time I'm on Wi-Fi for more than like an hour, if I turn it off, I have to reboot the phone to get the 3G to reconnect. It's it well, shows 3G, but it's grayed out, and there's no connectivity. And I whatever it, the specific problem is, people have definitely have been having problems with it, and that, and everyone wants that 4.4 update, but Verizon is just dragging its feet, and people like I know, like I said, you know, Android Me, which is a really a site that I enjoy reading, um, Blaine over there just took back his Nexus and, and, and ate the cancellation fee because he says he hates Verizon. God, if I could afford that, I would. But And, and granted, yeah. it depends where you live. Some places yeah. you can't get off of Verizon. Here, I could go AT&T, but their network is garbage here. They're just – I mean, they're starting out, you know, so whatever. But it's not worth it for one to eat a cancellation fee, which – what other business do you have to pay them? It, like if I go to McDonald's and, and I'm a loyal customer and one day I want Wendy's and McDonald's is like, well, you owe us $500 before you can well, go Well, it's only Wendy's. because you took the, the two-year contract. Because I signed right. the contract, which if well, I didn't, right. you wouldn't well, be able to you get know, a phone. Well, it's because you took the discount on the phone. You could go buy a brand new Nexus well, sure, for full sure. price. Yeah. Who does that? No one does. Everyone in every country that's not. <laughs> Except for here, right? That's too bad. Because we demand instant gratification, and we don't know how to save money. Pretty much, that, because we make jack shit, and our bills are are out of control. You know, Matt, that leads us into an interesting. The next thing that we should talk about, or the next probably the most second most important thing that I think could happen. So, in week. closing, phone of the moment, you're going with. Oh, the One X, just because it's. I mean, there's no no big releases happened this week. Maybe the phone is... of the moment should be a monthly thing, <laughs> or or a two yeah. year thing. Maybe we'll go every two years. Okay. No, no, I like the phone. phone I, the semi moment. Yeah, I think the phone mode is important because we can talk about yeah, what no, is happening as the most important phone. And the thing, most important thing that's happening this week is this One X release that's being held up by the border. So. It's okay, that, in my opinion, that the phone of the moment isn't different every week. Right. And Mike, uh, on yet another tech show, yeah, it's our other uh, weekly tech podcast we do. Mike Rothman, he got the One X. So is it just being held up in certain areas, or is that the first shipment maybe got through and now they're suing so they can't get any more through? Or Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's probably that. Go ahead, Eric. I would think it's probably that what you just said, which is that, you know, these uh, they probably already had – you know, some you know supply already in the states, and now this is just you know the next couple of uh, rounds of shipments coming from overseas that are getting canceled. Right, or that are right. getting uh, that makes uh, sense. Blocked. Well, it's too bad for. I mean, think of it this way: if you're you're one of those people that was waiting for the One X, and now you can't get one, like, what do you do? You just keep waiting, or do you go just say, "Screw it, I'm getting an iPhone." 
you know, I, I'm going to confess that there there have been days that just sometimes the Android ecosystem is just so frustrating and so overwhelming because it's so there's so much going on. It's so broad that in my delusions of wanting to simplify, I'm like, maybe I'll just go get an iPhone. Hmm. Whose fault is that? I feel like that's not Android's fault. That's got. No, I it's. I, I don't think fault is the right word. I think okay. it's 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 choice, and I think choice is good. And I think that you know, I write about Android, and we do this show, and there's all this Android ness going on in my life, and right. and I, I I try to walk the you know I try to walk the walk and talk the talk, and that can be really exhausting. Sometimes. Well, Jeremy, were you were you this? into maybe not paying as much attention to but were you this into android before we started the show 35 episodes ago i was <laughs> okay i was I've, I've been pretty hardcore into android since i got my my droid one my og and yeah so what are we what are we, we're about a year and a half that i've been pretty hardcore into android very cool joey thoughts well um personally i got into android because i thought it was a good open source project uh, and I think that it still is and I think that the, the 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 greatest thing you can offer someone is a choice of what they want to use for a product but I also think that as you offer great choice you tend to see things uh, begin to get reduced down into fewer and fewer better choices um, for instance when we look at Linux distributions there are literally several hundred uh, different Linux distributions but if you ask the ordinary person who's using Linux on a desktop for instance they're going to basically give you Ubuntu um, right. as, as their distro, as their operating system of choice and, and I think that that's what's going to happen uh, I mean right now we've got a we've got a broad market with major players and there's a few people on the side and I think what's going to end up happening is we're going to see a consolidation uh, towards a few major brands, and probably we're going to see less variation on Android platforms, not more as we go future, as we get into the future, as people figure out more and more what people actually want. Well, and um, we've seen that kind of try to go that way. You know, they 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 split it off. We had Honeycomb and we had Gingerbread, and then they're like, "Well, ICS is going to bring it back in," and then it kind of went back out, and now we're you know. It'll be interesting to see, though. I mean, I'm I'm excited for iteration five and, and what. Because I feel like we're at the point with Android that, you know, Ice Cream Sandwich on the Galaxy Nexus, all complaining aside with, you know, the carrier issues, it is a fantastic operating system. I, I've played with my brother's iPhone, and I, I've played with, you know, the this Android. It's so, I don't know. I love the experience of it, and maybe it's because I've been with Android and and whatnot, but it'll be interesting to see what else they can innovate on top of that because I feel like we're at the point where it's it's gold, you know? The stability is there. I mean, everything is great. It's just minus, like I said, the, the, the carrier <laughs> issues. Seth? I think Android 4.0 is a great operating system. I think that it's only going to get better, but I agree. I mean... Sometimes Android is a frustrating ecosystem. Sure. With the interaction of the... I mean, I feel like if you're an Apple user, you don't have to... Carriers and manufacturers don't even... I mean, like, they don't even... Those are two, those are two layers that don't even enter into your existence. All you think of is Apple, right? Right. You don't think of, like... Oh, I mean, you think of it maybe for connectivity, like, you know, LTE or not LTE through G4G, stuff like that. But other than that, you don't really think of carriers at all, right? That's the only thing you think about. And Android, you think about which manufacturer and routing it. 
and uh, you well, know, and all it, these, it depends all where things. you live, you know. So and like and I said, the relationship between Google, like the, Android, you have to think about the relationship between Google, manufacturers, carriers. You know, there's so many different layers that it gets to be really frustrating, and you don't know whose fault it is. Is it the manufacturer's fault that this Android thing isn't hitting? The next is, is the carrier's yes. fault? Is it Google's fault? Yes, yes. Well, it depends who you ask, right? We talked it's about last them. week that the, the who was it? The guy from Sprint or AT&T was like, it's Google's fault. And it's like, is it really? Or is, yeah, it, he your, is it your skin's fault? You know, it's like, Sprint's let's... fault. Sprint's, Sprint doesn't know what they're doing. They're a bunch of idiots. Clearly. I All think right. Google should just buy T-Mobile and then... And then That'll Apple should I'll just buy pay them a monthly fee, and we'll make it all happen. <laughs> or you could just add or add support it, you know, and eat more of my battery. That's fine. Well, here's you know here's something that's interesting. Cycles. You know, we did, well, the Wall Street Journal just released an article today that said that the Google is now changing the Nexus from being, um, or they're talking the rumor to change the Nexus to being like you know one care one device released per uh, Android update, right? To being. Um, any manufacturer can release a Nexus device, so it would be a pure vanilla Android device for the new, you know, Jelly Bean, which would be a, I think that's really interesting and actually probably pretty plausible because of Android's new release of the Nexus on their Play Store, right? So this could be part of a whole strategy to get rid of the carriers in a sense and trying to move, like Jeremy said earlier, the U.S. to sort of a European model, although not all Europe, some European countries still have the subsidies, I think. I think England does, for instance, or uh, Britain. Um, but to move away from that model to more buying directly from Google, like for instance, if you could buy the Nexus, what's what was it, two ninety nine or three ninety nine? In their most recent, uh, it was two ninety nine because when we bought it, it, it was, was a good three, price, three ninety nine. I think it was three ninety nine, Matt, because it was a hundred dollars more than we bought it for. I think. I but think when I bought when we bought it on Verizon, it was three ninety nine, right? It was two ninety nine. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, you're so right. I think it was with contract. Two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, with contract, and then so it dropped down. And yeah. then it draw yeah okay, but it's three ninety nine to buy it straight from Google. I mean, if Google could Unlocked. release yeah unlocked, if Google could release their next That's flagship huge. phone from Samsung at three ninety nine, no one. I don't know why you would need to buy it from the carrier. Like carriers would be in trouble. Just dumb pipes, which is you're a carrier carry. That's all. Yeah. So um, I think so- this is a great move. If this is true, this is a great move on Android's part, on Google's part. But now my here's my question. I think Eric maybe has some thoughts on this, but. Why would manufacturers agree to this when they love putting their skins and junk on phones? They have no choice, like, right? Do they have a choice I, in it, really? I see, I see a conspiracy here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Nice. So there was a lot of talk before Google even acquired Motorola Mobility about what would happen with the next Nexus phone and would it automatically go to Motorola and how that was all going to play out. So... We're starting to see some of the carriers, uh, I'm sorry, not the carriers, the manufacturers, it seems like they're getting a little frustrated with Android and with Google, and, and there isn't anything huge, but just, you know, kind of rumors and connecting the dots here and there, and of course all the lawsuits. And I wonder if Google realized, you know, we can't just take this phone ourselves and do this whole Motorola, you know, Nexus thing. And maybe we shouldn't just give it to one manufacturer. Maybe this is kind of a way that we can dangle a carrot and keep the manufacturers happy. In other words, they want to move to the Sega model where they build the same game for multiple platforms and then license it? Um, sort of. 
I mean, from Google's perspective, it's it's not playing favorites with your children. Well, what well, wonder- it all comes down to, like, what's what's their end game? Their end game is getting you know these phones out there in as many hands as possible, so that way they can get as much you know information and data about you, so they can advertise to you better, and then they make money. So it, in a way, it sort of makes sense to not play favorites, to you know, give all these manufacturers the opportunity to you know, use that Nexus brand that you know, I think is a pretty good brand. Maybe it's not the, the strongest one. You know, it's not iPhone yet, but you know, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. So it gives them all the opportunity to do that, which only benefits Google. So this says, uh, like like we we said, uh, the expansion of direct sales marks a bid to exert more control over key features and apps that run on Android-powered phones and tablets, thus reducing the influence of wireless carriers over the devices. Uh, and- wire- wireless carriers and- typically handle marketing and sales of devices, and thus can exert some control over the services that run on them. But think how but think how frustrating this is if you're Google, right? If you want to push an update, this 4.4 update. You have to first get it through a manufacturer and then get it through uh, the carrier, right? If they're doing this direct sales stuff, they're able to cut out both those people and just push them straight to their phones. So is that phones. extra incentive to maybe go towards the Nexus devices rather until the carriers pull heads out of yeah, I wherever think, they I are? Yeah, I think Google, in my, in my opinion, this is just a guess. I have no sure. background. I have no like None of us do. We're just – But it's just yeah. – uh, my guess would be that Google, Google decided that they were so frustrated – with people being frustrated with them, <clears throat> that they were going to just um, excuse me one second. Going to um, they were just going to bypass the carriers and things like that, and just go straight to the consumers again. And that seems like a great idea. Um, and, and it seems like it could lead for a much better customer experience. Uh, although I, I don't, again, I'm I'm not sure how upset carriers are going to be about this, and particularly like for Verizon, you know, CDMA carriers. They have to allow devices onto their network. You can't just be a GSM where you can just sort of connect. Um, they have much more, you know, granular control over who can be on other network. So it'll be inter- interesting to see if they could ever sell a CDMA device through a Google Store, or if it would only be GSM devices. We'll have to see. So the new Nexus smartphones are expected to be sold unlocked, meaning uh, they come without a wireless contract, like we know. Uh, selling unlocked phone would cost uh, $150 to $200 more than a contract phone, and consumers would have to buy contracts separately. What, what's to stop Google from lighting up some of that dark fiber and throwing a couple of uh, BW antennas on it or whatever, and uh, there you go. Spectrum. Spectrum. Detrust issues. No, it's not. No, it the the cost of doing that is so ridiculous. Hold on, you're telling me a company full of engineers can't figure out a way to do that effectively, efficiently. They don't have the spectrum for it. Build your they, own. It's a non. No, you can't. The the, <laughs> no, the I know. It's, it's government regulated. You know, the government has. XML spectrum. That's what Verizon and those people have been fighting over for years. So get around yeah, let, the spectrum. Why? Why use the spectrum and do do something else? Engineer something. That's what you do. Your engineer. No, no, no. But I mean, there's that, so much wireless. Whoa, whoa! That's Republic Wireless. No, I'm I'm saying They're innovate. Drink the, the drink. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a, a pipe dream, but I'm saying. Come up with a new way of of getting voice over IP signal to the end user 
without having to take up this spectrum because, because that's a, not that's not how google does things google wants, i know i'm just saying you think want to do customer service google well, doesn't want to do product fulfillment they don't want to do all these things that the carriers do that they do a crappy job at because google knows they're not gonna be able to do a good job because they're a bunch of nerds they're for, not customer service people this says for Google, circumventing wireless carriers has many benefits, including preventing them from blocking certain apps. Uh, like on Verizon Wireless, you can't get the Google Wallet app on the Samsung Galaxy Nexus. Which, not right. that it matters right now because who supports it, but in the future, I mean, what's up? This is, if I'm remembering correctly, with LTE, you, you get a SIM card, right? There's an LTE SIM you card. You have a 4G SIM card in here, and then your NFC is built into the battery. Okay, so you you could switch your phone without talking to Verizon. You just take your SIM out like you do on. Uh, That's not voice GSM. though. That's not voice though. It's strictly uh, LTE. It's strictly the the data connectivity. It has nothing to do with the voice. It's a different. It's built. Oh, that's okay. built in. All right. Well, that that's a good idea. Like you. But why... that's. I mean, that's kind of the, the the next step of it. Right. And you know, if Verizon wasn't the eight hundred pound gorilla in the U.S. Google would probably just try and go that route and just say, here's some phones, you know, and, and maybe they would control things, but you can't have, um, you know, if you, if you took Verizon out of the entire mix, it wouldn't really go so well. Or like Joey said, drink the Republic wireless thing. Why don't you seed a bunch of these little Republic wireless S companies in different regions and let them handle that part let them handle the customer service. Let them handle the support, and there you go. The only problem with having with relying on an, a, another network that is not out of that is not within your control to provide you telecommunications is that, well, frankly, the network quality can go up and down sure. uh, based upon not only usage but where you geographically are and the amount of bandwidth available to you. Now, if Google were to become uh, the mega huge ISP of the U.S. activate all their dark fiber and um, say, "Okay, here we go, boys. Here's our Wi-Fi, and it's only available to be used on Android phones across the U.S." Then maybe we'd see something change. Uh, but right now, there isn't a single entity that's doing anything besides Republic Wireless to try to change the way this is set up. And I don't think that, uh, I, as much as we talk about them as much, and half-jokingly, I think the effort is very cool, but I think the execution of it is going to be sorely lacking because without someone to, uh, without someone to sort of push through the, the, the uncomfortable decisions like you do when you own a network, right. um, it may not reach its full potential. Uh, Ant in the chat here, uh, attackoftheandroids.com slash live, he has an interesting point. He says that the he, he doesn't like Sprint. He used a stronger word than that. Uh, he doesn't like more providers. They don't have support, just sales folks. He says, we know more about their phones than the staff does. I think that's huge because you're the point of contact for these customers. And... All you're worried about is selling devices. Like, that's where it stops there. And people, just like Ant said, we get so frustrated with the lack of knowledge and, and just anything but let me sell you this and let me upsell you this and let me sell you this. Like, maybe, maybe yeah, that's where the breakdown is. That's a big part of it, I think. 
Yeah, but what we're worried about is technical specs and storage and whatnot, and and the average person is worried about what can I do with this. Yeah, that's true too, right? If you start getting all techie with a lot of those people, eyes just glaze over and stuff. But it, it to not have the option, it's I don't know. That seems kind of shady, you know. Like maybe well, you would sell point, more but... if you educated your customers on what the hell they're doing with these. whatever devices that you're selling them, you know, more than just creating the world's biggest mobile botnet. So Yeah, but the botnet people have to live too, you know. Well, that's true, and I mean, Rush is, you know, tough times, right? Tough, tough times. Uh, Asus Tech has been working with Google on a co-branded tablet that could be sold online to consumers, which I'm excited for, even though I have the Prime. A, a, A Nexus tablet assuming it was done right. And I think the tablet space is completely different too because you're not dependent on carrier unless, you know, you're putting chips in it. But I, it would be almost in your best interest not even just, here, Wi-Fi. You have an Android phone, tether it. There you go. So so being somebody that hates, like, all these, like, carrier skins, all this other stuff, I have to say that Asus, you know, whatever they customize in, uh, in Android... I really don't notice it. It feels very, um, on the Prime I'm referring to, it feels very stock to me. What I respect a lot about Asus here is that in in the options, they let you, in essence, turn off all of the Asus stuff. Like, here's, in the settings, if you guys are looking at the attackingtheandroids.com slash live, there's a setting in there called Asus Customized Setting. And in there... You can turn off the quick setting. You can turn off, you know, the, a lot of that stuff. And then to go one better, if you go in the apps area, you you click all there or tap on all, and you can find all of the Asus apps and you can disable them. That's how that should be done. Give us at least the choice, you know. And, and we're just kind of repeating ourselves at this point. But I I really respect Asus for you know putting that out there. Not as much as I disrespect them for making me pay $500 beta test, but whatever. All right, uh, moving on. We kind of touched on the whole uh, HTC One X and the Evo 4G LTE delayed at U.S. Customs. Uh, Did anybody else have any more comments they wanted to mention on that? Or shall we skip? All right. Uh, Moving on from there, we have (laughs) fragmentation, or is it choice? 3,997 models. This is as seen by the developers of Open Signal Maps. Uh, they've been keeping tabs on the devices that have been downloading their network monitoring app, and so far they've recorded downloads onto 681,900 separate Android devices in 195 countries. And then they've taken all that data and they split it out for everybody to check it out. Uh, and you can see <laughs> how much choice we have uh, in in the Android community. Uh, Samsung Galaxy S2 was the most represented device among the 3,997 distinct models that were spotted. Uh, and, of course, we all know this, that the Samsung devices are far and away uh, the most used. Samsung just putting 
putting phones in pockets, man. They're just they're like the Nokia of of, of nowadays, you know, just like of phones that people want. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, like back in the day, dude, everybody had either the Motorola StarTech or they had the Nokia. Yep. Can't like they were a dime a dozen. They were in everybody's yep. pockets. For um, sure. Let's see. Google chairman, our <laughs> our favorite guy, Eric Schmidt. He uh, famously downplayed the term fragmentation at this year's CES. Well, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, I mean, this, uh, you know, it's really popular in the news world, right? To, to Especially people that don't like Android. Well, uh, what else can you attack them on, honestly? I mean, security, well, you can secure was, it. Let's be honest. I mean, what else is there, you know, that well, Samsung looks like Apple? We were just talking like about Apple? the frustration with the carriers and the, I mean, that's Right, Apple, right, but I mean Android, Android itself, you know, the, there's yeah. not much else to complain about. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good phone. It is, it is more complicated than iOS, but I like that. I mean, that's one of the strengths. But anyways, uh, in my opinion, it's much more customizable. For sure. But, um, I mean, it's popular to criticize, especially this fragmentation thing. And this is like an easy, like, hit piece article, right? This is a TechCrunch article um, where it's just like, oh, look, another evidence of fragmentation and how bad Android is. It's so frustrating. Developers must hate it, right? But if you actually read the article that they cite um, by this open signals maps, Oh, the the company actually is like we love developing for Android for sure uh, because because we don't know every day we have like some we don't know who's going to use it it's like a new user a new device and it's just sort of like this fun um, open platform where like you know it can be low end devices high end devices people from all over the world and you don't get that with Apple and you can that, make that's, it that last part was my commentary not theirs they didn't say that yeah yeah for but, sure but it seems like it seems like the what the point of the article was that you know you don't get that with Apple. Um, and they seemed really happy and excited to be de- developing for Android. And so what this company was sort of like a, a celebrating of the diversity of Android, TechCrunch turned into like Android sucks because yeah, it's so fragmented. Yeah, yeah, But, I mean, it's, did we expect that? I mean, come on. Of course, it's TechCrunch. Uh, I, exactly. I can't even tell you how sick of the word fragmentation I am. Choice. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so ridiculous. It's not – that's not what fragmentation is. Fragmentation would be two two groups that are – trying to do the exact same thing in a different way in a more or less a non not in the in the free and open market fragmentation you know, so, is when so i so you take... see it, you see it in linux you see it within the linux community when when people get pissy with each other and they're like oh i'm not going to be part of your project and, and then they fork yeah that's free bsd when they're open trying me. when they're trying to get to the exact same place and and when they could collaborate and they're choosing not to that's not what this is this is this is market choice. Calling this fragmentation would be like looking at the U.S. automobile industry and saying, "Oh, look at all the fragmentation because there's all these different cars and every one of them can drive you from point A to B." Fragments. It's, it's absolutely asinine. And, and and you're right, Matt. It's just people picking on Android and going, oh, "I don't know what I can bitch about, so I'm gonna pick." fragmentation because it's a word that everybody else is using and the next person it's a buzzword that it, it brings up fragmentation is going to get punched in the mouth well get get your fists ready because fragmentation is when i take a hammer to this prime that's fragmentation can you do that on air i would love to when i get my new one um there's an interesting comment i think brad bonkowski in uh in in that article he said did Windows fragmentation hurt personal computers? And I think we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, he says, or the software development shops who built for them. This when did Windows the... have fragmentation? 
This is the That's result bullshit. of an open ecosystem as opposed to a controlled, closed ecosystem. And if history repeats itself, we all know who the winner was, is, in the PC market share. Brad needs to go learn English. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. When did Windows have fragmentation? Anybody? Windows since, what, 3.1? And then it fragmented to 95, and then ME, 98, No, that's not called fragmentation. That's upgrade. That's not, seven. Fra- that's not even called an upgrade. That's called a, a revision. I'm saying, though, is that... Or, or he's either... I don't know. I, I'm just speculating. But he's saying because of that, or he's saying because of all the different hardware manufacturers... But, you know, they were putting the same version of Windows. They weren't skinning Windows. Granted, there were programs that you could use to do that, but it wasn't something that came with it. You started well, to see Packard down the Bell line. tried to sell the Navigator thing that was it, stuck on top right. of Windows 3.1. But, yeah, but well, that stuff didn't last. And, and no. even further down the line, if, if you buy a Toshiba laptop, it comes with a little Toshiba dock. It's not full skin, but a lot of these, you know, manufacturers, HP does it. You know, they have their little... They're little docks for their their personal stuff that's on there to, that you want access to. But that that's not like a, a theme or a skin, you know. Anyway, who's ready for a rumor? I am. Um, rumor me up. Rumor. Multiple, mm. multiple Nexus devices. M- can you even imagine that? Just get Nexus devices from all ends. Just psh, 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 psh. Not going to happen. Not going to happen? All right. Seth, yay, nay, multiple Nexus devices. Just just bask in that with me for a moment. Well, we kind of we talked about this already earlier in the show. And yeah, not, yeah. And, and I think that it's possible, especially I just didn't, with them we selling didn't, in the Play Store. We didn't bring up the fact that there would be, you know, multiple Nexus devices. I mean, just... Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. I think, it, uh, I think I think it'd be great. I think they should do it again. I don't know why. I mean, I, I could see some pushback from the manufacturers. They like Nexus devices, but they also like their skins. So but we'll skins. see. Skins. I like skins. And the first one to get the release wins, right? Yeah. So you're going to end up with I don't know who's who's a, LG. LG is going to be like, oh, but we couldn't get our phone ready in time, and Samsung is going to be like, shut up. <laughs> shut up, you LG. Know. Kicking them under the table and stuff. Yeah, it's just you know. <laughs> Stupid LG. You're almost going to have to get the, the manufacturers to cooperate to make that happen in a way that that's the not brand illegal. Actually, means anything. Yeah, or a way that's not illegal. All right. I don't think that the I don't think that you know the first one would necessarily win though, because you know the at that point you've leveled the playing field. It's not so much about the OS as long as they're within a reasonable amount of time of each other. I would say maybe like a month. Then. You, you really just take the OS out of the equation, and it's just what kind of phone do I want? Right. And all what these is, specs and stuff leak so far ahead of time. What does that force the market to do then, though? They can't no longer rely on locking down crappy, you know, firmwares and, and skins. They have to, I mean, how else? My phone is a circle. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like, I, I don't know what else they could do. Just make good stuff, I Did guess. You say my phone is a circle. Yeah, well, that's what the form factors and stuff would have to change. My my tablet's a circle, and and I a tennis and, ball phone. Oh, your phone is literally a circle. Literally, I R L three sixty, a circle. The sphere. A sphere. Lovely. A three D interactive holographic sphere. 
that I use my glasses with. Huh? Huh? Who games on Android? Ain't you guys really big into Android gaming? <laughs> no. Oh, man. You guys will be after my app pick this week. But um, Does it infect your, your phone? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. I better check, though. No, uh, Michael Does it Kreider, aggressively market to your phone? <laughs> writing in an Android community, says, uh, Android game developers should innovate, not emulate. And I, I've, I'm putting together for GroovyPost.com a, a, a top five Tegra game review on top of another game review. So I've, I've been kind of BD uh, in, in Android games. And I have noticed a lot that a lot of these games are starting to become the same <laughs> with just different starting? skins on them. Different starting. Skin- well, yeah, because I wasn't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just focusing on it more, so I noticed What's the last it. game you played that wasn't derivative? It's my app pick, and I'll tell you. But I, 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 know, I, I agree that the, they just, are we just stuck? The only games I've played in the last couple of years that weren't derivative were like Cut the Rope and Angry Birds. Spirit? Spirit HD was awesome. Osmos uh, I, was I didn't awesome. Play that. Sorry. And this one, this this isn't my app pick, but it's another Tagger game. It is, it's like 3D kind of 360 degree like Descent was back in the day for, uh, mm-hmm. it's called Descent Galaxy on Fire 2, and whole wow. So anyway, there are games, but a, the majority of them are just clones. But we see like Draw Something brings in the bank. For reiterating Pictionary. Like, really? I mean, is it the market that's not pushing them to innovate because we'll keep buying the same stupid $1.99 game? Well, I think that it's – I think it's more that, you know, the the innovative games like um, like Journey or Fez, which I mean, maybe you could argue that those aren't innovative, but the interesting games I feel like are coming out for other platforms. If they're not – you know, like a an actual like PS3 or Xbox 360 game. You know, they're in Steam or they're in the what's uh, what's the Xbox Live? Is it Xbox Live Marketplace or Xbox whatever? Xbox Play? But no, I don't know. That's I think that's where they're they're focusing. I don't think the I don't think the focus is mobile just yet, even though people like to say that it is. It's getting hmm. there though. Nintendo's having a hell of a time competing. See, I, I think it's I think it's about the cost of development. You know, if you can if you can slap together a game in five hundred hours, sell it for ninety nine cents or exactly. even you know free with an app purchasing and clear fifty grand and do that, you know, every couple months, you're making some good money. If you have to put in a few million dollars for a real game it's going to be really hard to recoup those costs. So, the other problem, though, is that the, there are fewer people that can put in a million dollars than there are that can put in 500 hours in their right. spare time. So even if it is easier for you to manufacture like the game and code it, it's still much harder to differentiate, differentiate yourself and actually get out in front of the pack. So there's maybe little little, you know, financial involvement up front, but there's a lot more work on the back end to actually, you know, make a name for yourself. You know, we see this in 
movies, we see this in TV, we see this in video games, we see this in computers. You know, it's it's always somebody comes out with a product, it sets people back on their haunches and go, wow, I need to have this. And then in six months to a year, there's a clone out of there from somebody else that has all the same features with some difference. I mean, we saw this uh, for a long while there. We had uh, scores and scores and scores of vampire movies. Ugh, yes. Every week there was another vampire movie. And then they became vampires dating vampires. And then vampires dating werewolves. And then vampires dating werewolves and vampires. I mean, it, it became it became stupid. They were just trying to look for another But, video. Joey, that's, that's exactly my point. It's the people's fault for buying that same stupid vampire idea over and over and over again. Willingly, happily, with dumb smiles on our faces. Like, yes, take my money, please. But that doesn't last. Does it? So, Doesn't it, so though? The, what was the last... So the, Go ahead, Jerry. The issue here is that we're is that people are stupid. I mean, that's really what we're boiling it down to. There it is. Is it the, is there... it the reason that these apps are coming out and they're crap is because we're buying them. And if we stop buying them, then they'll make better apps. Vote with your money. Is, is that... I mean, that's what we're all saying, right? In essence. Okay. Well, you I think that people want, sent. like, people are wanting, you know, at least a small subset of them are wanting to shift to this mobile, this mobile space. Um, things like Kickstarter, you know, to Jeremy's point about, you know, it's difficult to raise, you know, a million dollars if it's just you or maybe just you and a friend. You know, we've seen these these Kickstarters uh, come up that are, you know, basically, I want to make a game. Um, you know, can you give me some capital to start it? And, and, it's, and the, the problem know, with that, Eric, is that that's going to be the exception, not the rule, uh, because not everybody is going to have an idea that's good enough to, you know, be be brought well, up to Kickstarter and have people buy into it. But it, that's good. But that's good then, because that that weeds out, you know, the the people that want to make the spyware-ridden games that Jeremy plays. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it right. sort of sets a it sets a bar. Um, and even it even gives people that you know maybe are seasoned game developers. Okay, I'm sorry, Eric. Google, our our hangout just took a massive dump all over what you were trying to say. So uh, I don't know if you want to reiterate uh, that nice. or we'll just move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. It I, just, I, like, I will give died. you three sentences. Go. Game on Kickstarter called. Republic or Republic or something stupid like that. It's a horrible name, but it looks great. It's you know it's being pitched by game developers that have been in the business that know how to make games, and it's giving them a way to basically show potential investors that people are interested in getting a AAA type title on a mobile device and that they will pay for it and that they should invest as well. Right, and that's yeah. that's going to be good. Until people start getting jerked over, you know, like the first few, like with the pebble thing, how they, what were they asking for? Like a few hundred thousand dollars or something, right? And they got a hundred thousand dollars and they broke three mil. Exactly. Now, how many people are going to be freaking pissed if this thing is literally a rock in a box that they open and are like, 
Wow, I just got scammed on Kickstarter. Like, but it, but it won't be. They've they've produced other products. Before, sure, you know? sure. It's but like, I'm saying, it's like anything else in a marketplace, you've got to right. You've got to watch what you're doing. Right. And and I don't I don't I've talked to a bunch of people that have contributed to Kickstarter projects, and none of them have gone into it with the same mindset that they would purchase something in a traditional fashion. There, there's a a good amount of um, it's a grassroots thing, right? Like you know, I'm helping really look into here. I want to help you out. Right. I contributed to this flashlight thing like eight months ago. They're still working on this thing. They probably could have had it done by now. If I don't actually get my flashlight, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm out 50 bucks. It's, it's using the, the strength and the numbers of the internet. It's not necessarily like we're making an investment and expecting to get some amazing return. It's that if a million of us each pitch in a buck or two, like these guys are going to get to do what they really want to do and that's really cool to be a part of, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great model and and I I'm going to continue to support it and even Absolutely. at some point I'm going to get burned and I will continue to support it after that point. For sure. Um to wrap this up, he's kind of uh, Android community. There, Michael Cryer's kind of saying, you know, we have these devices in our hands with a hundred times more processing power than the computers that ran Doom, plus an always-on connection, high-res uh, screens, integrated cameras, more sensors than a tricorder. Like, it it has everything. So he says, why is it that the best that the, why why is it that the best largest developers try for is emulating gaming experiences? that we've already seen a dozen times over. And he says it's money, you know. It's the obvious answer is to make money with some reflected excitement over console mega games. But Android exactly. gamers deserve better. Well, the problem with Android okay, here this ironically this comes back to something that uh Steve Jobs said. Take us home, Joey. You, uh, sorry? Take us home, Joey. It's ironic that it comes back to something that Steve Jobs said, the guy who's the most probably the most against Android. But what he said was if you asked a bunch of people what they wanted, they would tell you that they wanted the same thing that they already had. Oh, yeah. Faster, cheaper, or with a different color. You can't and, ask people what they want. That's that's ridiculous. You have to tell them what, what they want. But what we're seeing. What we're seeing is sure. people are voting with their wallets because they're buying what they want, and what they want is just whatever they had before again. And they'll keep buying it over and over ad infinitum ad nauseum. And you're and gonna love it me. when I get to my get to my app pick. Just kidding. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Can I take us on a really quick tangent? Let's do it. When you said Doom, I figured out why why Google Glasses needs to exist <laughs> for Doom. <laughs> augmented rea augmented reality Doom. <laughs> yes, my zombie apocalypse is finally here. Woo! Ow awesome would that be oh dude and there are... i want it to be like 8 bit though like i i don't want it to look like an actual like real zombies coming at me i want it to look like isolated things no, coming at me that'd scare the shit out of me give me nightmares no way we want remember 8 the pink, bit remember the pink minecraft the huge jaw yes the pink those guys <laughs> oh man you're walking around and like you know the guy in the next cube comes popping around, and he's one of those. <laughs> oh, god, awesome. That would be so phenomenal. And we don't we have kind of games like that that use the camera? I mean, it's, you're holding your phone still, which just completely ruins yeah, it's, it. It's, it's not immersive at all. But there, the yeah, no, not by any stretch of our terrible imaginations. All right, you know, um, the 3DS did this uh, at yep. launch. It was the you know the the game that came with it was something that you just like sort of held up and. 
all these little, I don't know, helicopter bug things would fly at you. And, and you know what? As cheesy and dumb as it was, it was kind of fun. I will give them that. It was yeah. kind of fun. But then again, I like the Virtual Boy. Back in the day, the thing you stuck your face into, and it was like red vector graphics. <laughs> like, I love that thing. Me and my brother sit there for hours and play Virtua Tennis. You are so broken if you like Virtual Boy. <laughs> I know. I'm I sorry. wanted the Work Boy. Did any of you guys see that? It was in a Nintendo Power issue. I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but it, and it was a keyboard. And you sat your Game Boy in it, and it was called the Work Boy, and it had these suite of, like, apps, I guess. But this was back in the late 80s, I want to say. And it, it just never came. I remember being a kid and going to Toys R Us every time we went and visited my grandma. And I would look for that thing, and it never – it was, like, the thing that just never was. It was, like, Google Drive before Google Drive came out or the – whatever. It, it was, First like – Vaporware. Yeah, exactly. Duke Nukem forever. It, it broke my freaking heart. And, and yeah, anyway. Um, all right, before we do our app picks, did you guys want to real quick talk about the, the project glasses? Since we were talking about augmented reality, uh, Joey and myself did an episode of the Buffer Overflow Show all about AR, uh, bufferoverflowshow.com. Great episode. Um, these are cool, though. I don't know, man. I. Uh, I know they're probably going to suck the first few times, but they just, the idea is so what I've been wanting for so long that <sighs> I just want. Yeah. Well, that's probably about the size of it for everybody. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Google's Project Glass demonstration video, as you guys have all seen, uh, is the stuff of dreams in both a literal and figurative sense. Uh, CNET spokesperson admitted that the augmented reality full vision overlay seen in the project's most visible demonstration thus far, eh, bubbles burst, ready, is not quite what the real thing looks like. I'm going to go kill myself now. Thanks. Thank you, CNET. Uh... It's being described as floating above the user's line of vision about the same place where you'd normally see the edge of an umbrella or a hat brim. Uh, He says, I'll admit, I'd been wondering how a tiny display that sits about the same height as the eyebrow in all the model photos, uh, and only cover one eye at that, was supposed to completely cover binocular vision. The Terminator-style connected interactions displayed in the video would seem to be a little outside of Google's reach, at least with the designs that they've showed thus far. Now, it is possible that they're just feeding... You know, like, here's uh, here's what the design is and whatever, but the real ones will be different. Who knows? But this doesn't, this doesn't make me feel good about waiting for them, I'll tell you that. I don't like waiting at all. I don't like waiting one bit. Waiting sucks. I will get screwed over and over and over again buying crappy devices as long as I don't have to wait to do it. Seth, what do you think? You've been awful quiet there. Yeah, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you have an app pick for us? I do. I have an app pick. It Episode is, um, 35, app picks. It is called Machinarium. Machinarium? I don't even know how to pronounce that. Sounds good. But I was playing it, I was playing it on my PC. And I think it's a fun game on the PC. It's like a solving puzzle game. It's like a slow-paced... You have to play it to see it. Very artsy, but a really great game. It's really fun. And so if you need sort of a slow... If you're like a puzzle, slow-paced 
person, this is a really fun game. Um, it's totally worth the four bucks. Very cool. And four bucks. It's a lot. Money is meaningless. Jeremy, app pick. So I'm, I'm going to take some liberty with the term app. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, I managed to install uh, CyanogenMod 7.2 RC2 onto my Droid 2, and I always start my new OS, um, I'm not going to call it development, but iteration onto a phone that isn't my, my the phone that I'm carrying in my pocket at the time. And it's awesome. People are talking about better battery life, and I'm definitely seeing some pretty killer performance. Uh, boot time on this thing was probably cut somewhere between 30 and 50%. Wow. And I'm yeah. is CM7, what, 7.2 you said? 7.2 RC2, and RC2 oh. came out just in the last couple of days. Um, I was running, R- I am running RC1 on the Nook, and I'm pretty stoked to get uh, RC2 on there. Speaking of the Nook, Jeremy, did you get to you uh, get to install that dual boot image that I pointed you towards? I looked into it, and it was way more work than I wanted to put in. That okay, boy. well, uh, I am uh, actually running that, and I have an update on the Nook uh, with the dual boot situation. I discovered my problems were largely due to the fact that I killed my S my micro SD card with too many reads and writes. So mm. now that I've replaced that, it's working a heck of a lot better. Oh, good. There's your updated from Nook Corner. That'll do it. Nook Nook. Eric, at pick. I feel like it's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and we just took the train to like that weird puppet land, like the Nook, the Nook Corner. Welcome. Okay, I'm gonna stop entertaining myself. Leave your pants at the door. Um. All right. So word search. Word search is my app for the day, along with lag. Um, it's. I mean, there's like probably a bunch of word search apps uh, in the market, so check the show notes for the one I'm talking about. Um, It's free. It is ad-supported, but the ads aren't that bad. Um, And it comes up with, I mean, there are some weird, some really weird words in here, which make for, you know, a fun and interesting time. Um, The only thing I'll say is that I'm playing it on uh, on my Prime, so... And on, even on there, like sometimes, like you'll try to swipe the swipe the word to, to highlight it or whatever, and you'll highlight the wrong thing. Um, I can only imagine that that would be even more frustrating on a phone since the screen is smaller. But uh, but yeah, this one's fun. Check it out, free because you're cheap. Cylon Eric loves word search. Very cool. Jeremy, no. I very much Seth, do. no. Eric, no. Joey, at pick. Okay, now that we've counted down the entire crew. Uh, my Shout outs ironic- all around. Yeah. Ironically, after what we were just talking about, my uh, at pick this week is called Mobile Andrio. Uh, it is actually a clone of Super Mario Brothers. No way. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's a freebie, ad supported. Um, I, it remains to be seen if this is one of those uh, uh, bugging you forever apps we'll Probably. launch next week. Um, but um, it, it, it's reasonably fast, reasonably good, even on the Nook, um, which is not exactly the world's highest-end device. Um, very small footprint. Ads aren't too obtrusive as you're playing the game. And frankly, it feels like an old-school Mario experience. That is awesome. All right. 
My app pick, you can only play this on the Prime, apparently, or at least for sure not on the Galaxy Nexus or the Droid X, which are my other non-compatible uh, devices. It is called Dark Meadow, The Pact. And if you go to the Tegra Zone, you can get it for free. And I just have to tell you, this is the most visually stunning game I've played on the Prime by far. Uh, yeah, it says it only runs on, currently, on Tegra 3 devices. So if, uh, if you get yourself a Tegra 3, uh, phone or whatever, you can probably play it on that. They use the Unreal Engine 3, maximizing graphic and gameplay horsepower. Uh, it's by Phosphor Games Studio. It's a first-person action-adventure it kind of reminds me back in the day on my IBM Aptiva, I used to play this game called The Seventh Guest. It kind of yes. reminds me of that, but with weapons. And you slut, you like swipe on the screen to slash, and you have a crossbow, and oh my god, dude. Play it with headphones on in the dark, and it, you, you will scare yourself. I'm just saying. It's like fear. Nice. That game, fear. God, it scared the shit out of me when I was... Anyway, uh, this game, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I can't even do it justice uh, with my words. It's definitely console-quality graphics. Uh, like I said, takes advantage of the Unreal Engine 3, Tegra-enhanced uh, multi-core processing power that only the Tegra 3 can deliver. Uh, it's called Dark Meadow, The Pact, and right now you can get it for free on the Tegra Zone on your Tegra 3 device. And wow, so great. So, all right. Um, before we wrap this up, uh, we have a couple minutes. I wanted to mention, did you guys see this article that came out about the phony flash player that plants malware on your Android phone? So, uh, just Adobe, like, getting kicked in the kidneys while they're down, just, like, shanked with a knife. Oh, Adobe. I mean, this isn't Adobe's fault, but, it, you know, it's, it just it doesn't look good for a flash. We'll say that. Um, a website that promises visitors a free copy of the download for all versions of Android is reportedly planning malware on your smartphone. <laughs> the infected webpage used to distribute the malware was discovered in a number of Russian domains. A uh, uh, similar tactic emerged last month to infect Android phones with bogus copies of Angry Birds and Instagram. Nice. Uh, of course, as most malware, when you click the download button at the infected site, a connection goes to another site, it goes to another site, and, it goes, and then your phone explodes. Uh, and then the malware starts to secretly send text messages to premium numbers. That's the best way to just make Ooh. a quick buck. Like a quick. Long story made short, be very careful where you get your apps from. Basically, I mean, is that always the moral of the story? Don't be a dummy when you're downloading. Basically, and uh, yeah. watch your phone bill because uh, you never know. You never know. I just wanted to throw it out there because Flash is just amazing. So, All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us, of course, every week. Attack of the Androids.com. Uh, any of you guys, Jeremy, anything you want to plug? or you guys um, just... Actually, yeah, real quick. Um, Do it. Working on a review and, and got some help coming. There's a great new app called Kite, kitephone.com, and it will take an Android phone and make it appropriate for children. It'll let you restrict 
on the fly from a web interface, all for free, apps and the numbers that the phone can call. So you could take an older phone, do it up, throw a couple games on there or whatever, give it to a kid, and they can't browse the web. They can't do anything that you want, don't want them to do. It's very cool. I Maybe that should have been my app pick. Maybe it should have been. <laughs> next week. That'll be my app pick Did for next week. What Cylon, Eric? I couldn't Maybe understand you, you, Jeremy. But <laughs> we didn't we didn't catch well, that. No, all the parental controls and things like that. I mean, I don't. I can tell you when I was younger, I got around them. You're not getting around this. Even on reboot, it comes up. I tried. I just wipe the phone. I don't give it. Anyway, yeah, I was gonna say you're the kid's gonna the kid's gonna get into you'd uh, have to reboot into recovery. Mod. Yeah, you'd have to reboot oh, into yeah. recovery to do it. <laughs> Most kids don't know how to do if that. only that information were on the internet. If only I could Google yeah, it right. and figure it out. <laughs> but, but if you're a parent, you would know if they did that. You, you mean, would think. Would you, though, Seth? Yeah. Can you honestly tell me that no. really? Yeah, because the, the Kite phone software would stop responding. Yeah, exactly. So, so the thing that's waiting on that is a, uh, a few of the other people at Attack of the End. Uh, where, where do we write? A, a new domain. domain.net. Um, are going to be testing it with their know. grandchildren this coming weekend. I don't have any kids, so I can't test it in a real-world scenario. Well, thank the good Lord for that. I'm kind of stoked about that. It looks, hey. Nice. All right. You guys can email us, show at attackoftheandroids.com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, RSS feed for BeyondPod or Reader, whatever else you happen to be using on your Android device. Uh, leave us comments and all that stuff on the show notes. And uh, we got Facebook pages, Google Pluses, and all that stuff. So, uh, And for the next week, until we do episode 36, attack of slash live, you can watch this rerun. And it'll be on the technology playlist along with yet another techshow.com, bufferoverflowshow.com, and all those. So thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs> It's Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the